Coming to you from the Lou Fuse Automotive Studios, this is Scoops with Danny Mack. I'm Dan McLaughlin. It's Wednesdays with Walton. And Brian Walton is coming up to tell us about the top prospects to watch in spring training. The STEP program, in-camp returns, and that is for minor leaguers. Jordan Walker, we'll get into him. The extension of John Mosellock, the all-prospect team. Ownership changes in the minor leagues. And also Scott Rowland headed to the Hall of Fame. All of that is coming up on this edition of Wednesdays with Walton on Scoops with DannyMac.com. And we do this every Wednesday with Brian Walton of TheCardinalNation.com. Have to remind you, we're brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. It'll be back for another year in September out at Norwood Hills Country Club, Triad Bank as well, and our good friends at Lordo's Diamonds. Jimmy Lordo, uh, located on Clayton, Lordo's Diamonds. For any special event in your life, think Lordo's Diamonds. Let's bring in Brian Walton of TheCardinalNation.com. And Brian, it's been uh, too long. Uh, for many reasons before uh, we had the chance to visit. So great to hear your voice, and thanks for doing this, as always, on Wednesdays. Hey, it's great to be back, and hey, now there's baseball players on the field in Jupiter, and that's a pretty exciting uh, set of news there right in itself. I think, um, and I don't mean to make this like a sales pitch for your prospect guide, but it will be because of all years, this is probably the most important year to have that out because all these guys are out doing the the World Baseball Classic. So to know who the Cardinals are, to understand who these young players are, uh, you're going to see a bunch of them right off the bat as so many of the Cardinals are are playing in the World Baseball Classic. So your prospect guide is very, very important for folks that love the Cardinals. I use it all the time. So uh, for folks that don't know about it, tell us all about it and what it entails. Well, there's four sections to the annual prospect guide. This is our sixth year. It's the biggest and best ever. Uh, Blake Newberry and our team has done a tremendous job with scouting reports on uh, about 60 different, over 60 players, uh, including uh, a large number of them who are in Major League Camp this year, as you said. And we have a section that we recap all of what happened last year across the system, award winners, uh, stats leaders, that kind of thing. Uh, and then detailed scouting reports on, uh, like I said, over 60 players. And then we also have a section on history. So history of the minor leagues, uh, records, award winners, uh, the past drafts, international, just anything you'd ever want to know about the Cardinals minor league system is in one book, and it's available both in a spiral uh, bound edition and a uh, electronic version PDF form. And uh, the books are at the printer, and they'll start shipping next Monday. So uh, we're taking pre-orders now, and anybody who uh, puts a pre-order in, I can assure you your book will be in the mail next Monday. Looking forward to that. Uh, I always get it every year. Always a big help for me. So I'll be doing that uh, very, very shortly. In terms of those top prospects, Jordan Walker would be number one on that list, but the Cardinals have a bunch, and we've seen they've graduated a bunch of guys to um, the, the major leagues. So I'm just curious, uh, as you evaluate uh, going into the spring training, how about the top prospects? Who do you got? Yeah, it's pretty amazing, Dan. You know, looking at our top uh, Cardinals prospect list, and there's a lot of lists out there, but you know, generally the same group of prospects are in the in the top ten, maybe in a little bit different order. But nine of the top nine prospects in the system according to our rankings, are in Major League camps this year. And it starts with Walker. Next is, of course, shortstop Mason Wynn, who's probably a year away. Uh, Tink Hens, a right-hander, who you know has potential top-of-the-rotation ability, but is still probably two years away. Then you have Gordon Graceffo and Michael McGreevy, two pitchers who did extremely well in double-A last year. Alec Burleson, who we saw uh, began late in the season to get some Major League experience and should be in the mix for uh, corner outfield and right-handed uh, bad bats left-handed bats, excuse me. Uh, Yvonne Herrera, the catcher, we saw a little bit last year. 
and then uh, the two lefties, Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson. So all those guys, I mean, you know, the top nine prospects are all in major league camp. And uh, a number of them have chances to win major league job scores, starting with Jordan Walker. Yeah, where do you see that uh, that path for Jordan Walker to potentially break camp and make the major leagues? Well, as folks know, uh, mid-year last year, the Cardinals asked Jordan Walker to make a transition to the outfield. And it wasn't a gradual transition uh, uh, like Nolan Gorman did when he moved from, from third to second. They said, okay, Jordan, you're an outfielder now. And they had him play both center field and right field. Um, and then in the Arizona Fall League, he played more right than center, but still played a little bit of center. But uh, the reports I've seen from camp, and I won't be there till next week, but is that uh, Jordan Walker has been working exclusively among the corner outfielders. And I, I would say chances are very, very high when Jordan shows he's ready for the major leagues, he'll be the starter in right field. In terms of the step camp, I, I think it's great. I used to have involvement with this. It's something I think that's very important for any of the young players that come through the minor leagues and graduate to the major leagues. But step camp, and maybe you can give us a little background on this, but it's returning here for 2023. Yeah, step camp, is uh, that's an acronym for spring training early program. And basically what the Cardinals do, uh, they, this began in the past, folks may have heard of instructional camp, the Cardinals used to have a camp after the season is over in September and into October, but they found that the players were tired and it had been a long season and they really want to go home and they weren't getting them as fresh as they wanted them to be for this extra instruction. Um, so what the Cardinals have migrated to is this step camp, which is they take a handful, about three dozen players actually. And again, these are players, these three dozen players in step camp are over and above the prospects that are in major league camp. So these are sort of the next wave of prospects, and they bring them in early. They have all the coaches there. They have all the instructors there, and they give them individualized training and help get them ready for the season. Um, in addition to the, the guys that you would you know, kind of expect to be there, um, there are um, all the players who are going to the World Baseball Classic who are not already on the 40-man roster also came in early. So those guys will be ready when they go off to – uh, represent their countries in the in the World Baseball Classic. But there's players like Joshua Baez, uh, who's our number 12 ranked prospect, outfielder Mike Antico, who, of course, stole, stole 63 bases last year, uh, pitcher Austin Love, Zane Mills. So there's some very, very, you know, interesting young players. Cooper Jerpy, the number one uh, draft pick last year, uh, is going to be in step, is in step camp. So these guys are all, you know, there and, uh, you know, getting ramped up. And then they'll be joined by the rest of the minor leaguers, uh, early in, in uh, March for minor league camp. Pretty impressive. Um, also impressive has been the work of John Moselock, not just with the major league club, but I, he gets an extension. And, and Brian, I wanted to talk more about what he's done with the minor leagues and, and just being able to oversee producing player after player, which is the lifeblood of this organization. So Mo gets an extension. What was your reaction to that? And then kind of a, as a follow-up, how do you think he's handled uh, the minor leagues with Randy Flores in the draft and Gary LaRock and some of the others that uh, have been such a major part of this? Yes, Sean Mozeliak, as folks know, has been leading baseball operations since being named the general manager back in 2008. And uh, the organization has done well, as folks have seen on the, on the field, 15 seasons of uh, winning records. But the farm system has really been the strategy that Bill DeWitt Jr. has laid out for the organization. And what that is means is they're not able, the Cardinals don't have the resources to go out and, and pay the $300 million contracts for free agents. And so they need to develop good young players. The challenge is greater, however, because the Cardinals have been so successful year in and year out, that means that they typically pick late in the draft. 
So Randy Flores and his team of, of scouts, amateur scouts who, who source the players, and then Gary LaRock, who has run uh, player development in the system, a very, very experienced baseball executive, uh, very, very well-respected, uh, have you know really teamed up under John Mozeliak to bring that to reality. And there's no doubt, as we saw, 13 players made their Major League debuts last year, and that was really the difference. If you think about the, the Palantes and Donovans, you know, who really made the difference for the Cardinals last year. Absolutely. Uh, I, I loved what you put together on the site, the 2023 all-prospect team for the Cardinals. So dive into that a little bit and some of the names, and you mentioned some of them earlier, but some of the, the guys that you're really going to be watching this year. Yeah, the all-prospect team is kind of a fun way of looking at the top 50 prospects, but by position. So, you know, looking at the top catcher, for example, Yvonne Herrera, and he's been, you know, sort of the, the next guy up for now the last couple of years, and we'll be watching him to see if he can steal And then first base, Luke and Baker, et cetera, et cetera. So the top players in every position, of course, Mason Wynn is the shortstop. Second and third base are both a couple of players in the Dominican Summer League, uh, Aniello Encarnacion and Samil De La Rosa. And we're really not worried all that much about depth on the infield right now, frankly, because of the players that are both in St. Louis and then with Wynn uh, on the horizon. Uh, the outfielders are Baez, as I mentioned before, Joshua Baez, Alec Burleson, and Jordan Walker. Um, one already in the majors, another very, very close. And then the pitchers, top pitchers, left-handed, uh, Matthew Libertor, who uh, you know is going to be fighting to be probably the de facto number six starter. And then uh, Tank Hens, who's a couple years away, but could be maybe the guy in the system right now who's who has the most potential of being a number one someday. Uh, I listed Zach Thompson as a left-handed reliever because that was the role he's played. But we'll have to watch and see. Zach Thompson still has a potential to start. And then the right-handed reliever on our all-prospect team is Freddie Pacheco, who's a right-hander uh, who has tremendous velocity, great strikeout, 12 to 15 strikeouts per nine innings, uh, is on the Memphis roster, on the 40-man roster, and is a guy that we'll see get into the relief uh, picture in 2023, Freddie Pacheco. We see a lot of times in the minors that uh, ownerships – can either go from one team to another or they just get out. But there's a lot of, of situations that are fluid with ownership situations in the minors. And we're, we're seeing that a little bit at double-A at Springfield, are we not? That's right. Uh, in Springfield, Missouri, the uh, local team had, had been uh, owned, excuse me, the local ballpark had been owned by a trust uh, established by John Q. Hammonds, who was the former uh, owner of the, uh, of the Hammonds Field. And now that ownership is being transitioned to the city of Springfield and the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals still own the team and they operate the team, but the facility by being under city ownership, there will be money allocated to upgrade the facility to meet major league standards in areas like lighting, uh, improvements to the field, clubhouse facilities for women, et cetera. So um, what's happening in Springfield is a good thing. That's kind of transition uh, already occurred in Memphis in that the, the city of Memphis owns um, AutoZone Park and the ownership is very stable. The Cardinals had owned uh, Memphis for a while when, when they were in financial straits, picked it up. But now uh, a group called Diamond Baseball Holdings owns it and uh, they're committed to stay in Memphis until 2030. Um, and then the Peoria Club is owned by a local consortium of businessmen and they also own Do- Dozer Park. And then Jupiter, um, Palm Beach County owns the ballpark stadium complex. And the exciting news there is that the long-awaited stadium renovations are in their final, you know, it's on the five-yard line probably. And uh, if everything goes according to schedule right after spring training next year, there'll be a ball, uh, major, major renovation to the facility in Jupiter. 
And uh, that will keep the Cardinals and the Marlins there until 2049. So the, the ballpark situations across the system and the ownership are very, very stable. Right now, the Cardinals, again, to summarize, own the Springfield Club as well as the Palm Beach Cardinals and then, of course, the rookie-level clubs, whereas Memphis and Peoria are owned by uh, outside groups. Since uh, we last talked, we weren't sure about the, the future of Scott Rowland with Baseball's Hall of Fame, but he's headed to Cooperstown. What was your uh, reaction to that? Well, I think it was wonderful to see, and Scott Rowland you know, had the benefit of building momentum over time. Um, for whatever reason, third base has sort of been a position that hasn't been very well represented in terms of the Hall of Fame. I mean, you remember the Brooks Robinsons and the Mike Schmitz, but there aren't that many others, um, you know, Wade Boggs. There aren't that many others over time who have been enshrined in the position. And Scott Rowland gradually increased his uh, potential, I think, as more as votes. And I think as more people saw his contributions and put it into context, they saw that, yes, he's definitely Hall of Fame material. And it was a nice decision made on Scott Rowland's part because, of course, he played with multiple organizations, including starting with the Phillies. But he felt that Scott Rowland felt that the, his years with St. Louis were the most important in his career. And for that reason, he wants his plaque, his cap on his head and on the plaque that um, gets put up in Cooperstown to show the Cardinals logo. So that's a very nice uh, uh, gesture and one that's, I think, very appropriate. As we always do, and we wrap these conversations up, we talk about what you're working on, but we got into it. The prospect guide a week from today, just about, you'll be headed down to Jupiter and minor league guys will start playing some games and whatnot. So uh, the site will be busy at thecardinalnation.com, will it not? That's right, Dan. Uh, I'm going to be down there uh, when minor leaguers report. Uh, and they'll start workouts, informal workouts. And then uh, minor league games will start around the middle of the month, and I'll be back then to uh, to cover the first week of minor league games. Minor league spring training, interestingly, in terms of games, is only about two and a half weeks, so it's much shorter than major league camp. So minor league camp starts later, and they're, they're, uh, they stay there a little longer than the major leaguers because, as we've seen uh, as part of the last uh, CBA, the major league season actually starts at the end of March uh, to give the players a little more um, time off during the season, whereas the minor league season will start uh, a week later than that. Awesome stuff, Brian. Thank you so much, and uh, great to hear your voice, and we'll catch up next week. Ditto, Dan. We'll talk to you next time.